Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Hour number two, Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer joining you from the city south side. It's uh, 105 in Edmonton in this hour in 23 seconds time. Art Ross Trophy winner, Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, my play-by-play partner, Jack Michaels, is going to pop, pop in. We'll discuss uh, potential Oiler line combinations for once we get going back into it. And in our champion series, a man who won three Stanley Cup champions and overcame nearly, have to be said, a traumatic on-ice incident uh, to respond and win three cups, Steve Smith as well. All right, as promised, off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, and we are pleased to be joined by the Edmonton Oilers' Leon Dreisaitl. Leon, it's Bob. Long time no talk. How are you doing? Good, good, Bob. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. Uh, I think my family's getting a little bit tired of me, but uh, besides that, we're doing pretty same. good. How's it going for you? Good, yeah. Um, same things over and over again, pretty much, just like everyone else. So, um, yeah, trying to stay busy, trying to stay uh, in shape. How uh, how ch- uh, how much time did you end up spending in Edmonton? Uh, I, I, I assume you stayed in North America, or did you go back to Germany at any stage? Uh, no, I stayed in Canada. Um, I was in uh, in Edmonton for most of it, and we've been uh, at at uh, a friend's family for um, for a little while. Is it hard to uh, stay in shape? Uh, you know, I mean, and because that's a big part of why I think. Uh, and Corey Cluston told me way back in 2014. He said this guy is going to exceed everybody's expectations. Uh, but, you know, your condition has played a factor in why you've become one of the top players in the world. I'm just wondering what it's like right now to try to stay, uh, you know, in the best possible shape you can. Uh, yeah, it's, it's different uh, for sure. Um, you know, you have limited options uh, at this time, but um, I've been able to, to skate a little bit uh, here and there, so uh, that has been good. So, um, yeah, just trying to do whatever I can to, to stay in shape. How uh, there's a mental side of the game as well, and you know this is this pandemic. I mean, nobody's got any real experience in dealing with something like this before. 
do you find yourself searching out information or at times did you want to kind of get like what you know and, and how often were you in contact with connor as an example while he was on that return to play committee to find out maybe what was going on there yeah i mean you're always trying to know what's going on and trying to figure out what uh what are the next steps and what are they thinking so yeah, definitely in contact with uh, a bunch of the guys throughout this whole process. Um, but, um, you know, obviously I think uh, we all hear the news as soon as there's something uh, to be said. So, um, but yeah, like you said, I think we're all trying to, to know something that, um, you know, might not even be out there yet. So, um, yeah, it's just a matter of, of waiting, I guess. You had such a tremendous run in 2016 and 17. What do you think it would mean to the current team? Uh, you know, if, and it's still an if, or when, we get back up to playing here in the playoff time, just to go through that experience together again. Yeah, it would be awesome. I mean, you know, definitely a little bit different, uh, obviously, with, with no fans in the stands and, and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's, it's still the NHL playoffs and, um, I think we can all get up for that. So, um, yeah, just to, to feel that buzz around the city, you know, um, I think we all know how passionate Oilers fans are. So, um, yeah, we're all we're all looking to, to do that again. How different for you personally was the team after Connor Yamamoto arrived, in, uh, arrived to stay uh, in late December, early January? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he gave us a, a different look. He gave us a, a different option, obviously. I think he made our team a lot deeper. Um, and, you know, obviously he's, he's had a great year uh, to this date. So, um, you know, we're very lucky that, um, you know, he, he turned out this way. And, um, you know, he's worked extremely hard to get to this point. So um, I think, uh, you know, you'll see a lot of great things from him. Uh, you know, it's funny. We've had a bunch of the, the great Oiler players on from the 80s in the last couple of weeks, Leon, and they all talk about, you know, how playing with Wayne. Uh, Gretzky made him better every day in practice. And you you were a pretty good player in junior. I think you know that. Uh, you push yourself to be that much better. But is there any way you can maybe explain to our listeners just being around a, a guy like Connor that plays at that pace, that tries things at that level, and then reading, reacting, but also maybe pushing yourself a bit. And I think he'd be the first to admit that he's done the same because of you as well. So it's a pretty good uh, relationship, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, we have a very healthy uh, competition. Um, you know, he's obviously a guy that you can learn so much from um, some things that you are just not able to do like him. <laughs> but... Um, you know, there's little things that, that you learn from him, and, um, you know, he's he's one of the best in the world for a reason. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's fun to have that competition with him, but it's always healthy, and, um, you know, we push each other to, to become better players. You won the Art Ross Trophy. Uh, can you maybe speak to a sense of accomplishment uh, winning that? What does it mean to you? Yeah, it means a lot. Um, obviously, uh, proud of myself and um, for for being able to to do that. But um, like I said many times before, um, you know, without great line mates, without great teammates, you know, you're um, you're not getting anywhere by yourself. So um, you know, I'm obviously very thankful for for the guys on our on our team that helped me, um, you know, get to this point. In your rookie season, the year you played the 37 games. Uh, you know, and I looked at Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton did not 
put up huge numbers his first year in the NHL. He stayed the full year with Boston. You could have stayed that all that, that whole season in Edmonton. I think your numbers would have spiked as the season went on. But that's it. You went back to junior. You ended up in Kelowna. You guys won the WHL championship. You were the MVP of the Memorial Cup. Can you maybe speak to what that meant for your development? Uh, yeah, I think at that time it was it was very good for me. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's uh, it might be better as tough as it is in that moment to to take a step back and maybe you know go at your own pace a little bit. But um, yeah, it, it was huge for me confidence wise. Um, I learned a lot. Um, learned what it was like to to win, be on a winning team, and have that expectation of of having to win every night. So um, I think it was great for my um, all-around game, for me as a person, and, and my, my confidence especially. We're talking NHL scoring champion, Edmonton Oilers forward, Leon Drysettle, Bob Stoffer with you at Oilers now. Leon, um, I, I've become a huge fan of European soccer and NCAA college football. And to me, it's a, if, if I had said to somebody 10 years ago, the best young uh, rookie player currently in Europe in soccer, European football, is a 19-year-old for Edmonton. And <laughs> and the the current NHL scoring champion is a 23- or 24-year-old from Germany. People would have said, what are you talking about? But it does show you just maybe the world's a little bit smaller than we thought and that there's opportunities and people can come from anywhere and be uh, uh really good at different sports doesn't it oh yeah absolutely um you know he's done a great job he's really developed into a phenomenal player obviously he still has a lot of upside and i think he's only going to get better but i mean he's already um amazing to watch so um yeah it's, it's funny how that works i guess well, I mean, we're talking about Alfonso Davies playing for Bayern Munich, and they're the only games on right now, Leon. Like, they've played three games since we've started up, and I watched all three games, and, I mean, a lot of people thought they were the favorite to win the Champions League, so they're having a pretty special year. Final year, a little bit of a curveball, or final question, a little bit of a curveball for you. You have some extra time. Have you watched anything on Netflix that you got into or anything like that over the course of the last uh, several weeks? What with the, or have you, uh, you know, done an entire history series on the NHL or watched any of those old order games or anything like that? Yeah, I feel like I've watched everything. Um, I feel like I've watched everything on Netflix. I feel like I've watched a bunch of old Oilers games um, you know those are always uh, very fun to watch um, it's crazy to see how, how much the game has changed but um, obviously so impressive what, what those guys did um, but yeah I feel like uh, I've had lots of time to, to watch things so that's was sure. there was there one Netflix show that stood out for you I mean, the last dance was uh, was yeah. impressive. I like that one. I think everyone agrees on that. Um, Tiger King was <laughs> different, but uh, also entertaining. Um, so there's there's a few new ones that that are good. Yeah, last dance was spectacular. The drive that Michael Jordan had. Eh? Yeah. End of episode seven when he sit. Can you talk like? Can you guys push guys that way and? You know, because I just it's it's a different area. You know what I mean? Like I just don't know yeah, how. I mean, you, I think you you have to be careful of of how you bring that uh, your your competitive edge across, right? Um, that was his way of doing it, and you know what? I 
to me, it clearly worked, right? Uh, like, if it didn't work, then I'd have no problem saying that maybe, um, you know, he wasn't the best teammate or not the nicest guy. But, I mean, they've won six NBA titles or or whatever it was. I, I don't I don't remember. He, w- but he I, went 6-0. and all. That's all you need to know, right? <laughs> there you go. So, um, you know, he must have done something right. Awesome stuff. All right, we've taken up enough of your time. Uh, best of luck, and hopefully maybe we'll even get a chance to touch base once more in about six weeks' time just before we get started. Okay, Leon? Yeah, perfect. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. You bet. That is Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers. He is the Art Ross, Art Ross uh, Trophy winner, and I would suggest you likely is the front runner for the Hart Trophy. You heard him say it. Uh, he and Connor McDavid, they've got a, a healthy competition going on, and I think that's got probably um, a lot of you excited. This text comes in saying, Bob, Leon sounds like he's happy in a good place right now, and sometimes when you interview a guy, you can you can literally uh, feel the smile uh, through uh, uh, through the radio. I just want to do something just before we uh, go to my man Jack Michaels. We're going to hook up with him in one minute's time. It is Dominic's birthday today. He's five. We want to send him a special happy birthday. Uh, we don't do this often. Uh, Dominic is a huge Oilers fan, as are his parents. He's got a great set of parents. Uh, so happy birthday to Dominic, and uh, enjoy your day, my man. We'll uh, take a one-minute timeout, and when we come back on Oilers Now, we will uh, hook up with my broadcast partner, Jack Michaels. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Oh, I miss Zach Cassian. He's got that, uh, you know, he's... There's something about sort of the comical sort of nature of guys once in a while, and we're, we're going to hit on that a little bit later on with Ryan Jones as well. Uh, Steve Smith coming up, but we're going to bring in Jack Michaels at 119 in Edmonton. Jack, thank you for taking time to uh, uh, fit us in uh, here in Oilers now. How you doing? Well, number one, I really liked how you started the show today. That was a good homage to uh, one of the great soundtracks of my elementary school, uh, and that's Survivor. In fact, that was the theme of a 1982 Little League team that I played for that underachieved during the regular season but won it all in the postseason, and I'd like to give Eye of the Tiger some credit for that. That was a that was an inspirational song that our coach relied upon throughout that season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and it was well, great for Rocky Three too. Yeah, it was great for Rocky Three, and I'm not saying I might not know a guy who bought a yellow ta- uh, yellow top and uh, black uh, uh, black shorts as a result of that movie. I might be looking at that guy in the mirror, but I can't fit into either the shirt nor the shorts anymore today. All right, because if you recall, right at the end of the movie, Jack, he's out there running in the ocean with Apollo Creed, right? I know, I, I, I absolutely, in that exact outfit. Does that mean you and your buddies were dancing around in Cold Lake somewhere, or what? Uh... <laughs> No, 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 another story for another time, huh? <laughs> yes, after six or seven uh, adult yeah, beverages, exactly. which, which as you know, never happens on the road, just to establish uh, nothing but church and state. Anyhow, I digress. Uh, all right, hey, we just had Leon Dreisaitl on the air. Uh, what a story the last couple of years. Is there any debate now, top five player in the world? No, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> 
you know, he's gonna he's gonna not only win the scoring championship, but he's gonna win the Hart Trophy. I, I think uh, anytime you're a Hart Trophy candidate, at least for that year, you're a top five player in the world. And I think Leon Draisaitl, his body of work now. I mean, he's coming off a 50 goal campaign, and if you play out the full 82 games, and you were pretty conservative with 15 points over his last 11, I mean, he was looking at a 130 point campaign this year. So. Uh, you know, when you put up those kinds of numbers, you absolutely deserve to be considered a, a legitimate top five player. And I think this year, what what is cemented it outside Edmonton, Bob? I think there was some there was some leftover. I don't want to say concern, but disdain for Leon Drysaddle's game as a byproduct of how great Connor McDavid was. Well, this year he did it without McDavid for significant chunks, and and that brings us to a you know a pretty interesting debate as to what Dave Tippett does uh, in the last game that you and I were witness to in person. Uh, Dave Tippett went away from uh, a line that that really carried Edmonton for two months, and that was Leon Drysaddle with uh, Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto. And my suspicion uh, is that he'll return to that as as Edmonton gets ready for a series against Chicago in a couple months. Yeah, and, and you know, let's get to it. I mean, we we threw some, uh, I threw some lines out there, just projected, and uh, you know what? Uh, we got about 190 people responding back saying I was completely out to lunch, which I hear often. Uh, but I too have dry settled R and H and Yamamoto. So, in your world, who ends up on the left side to start with McDavid and Cassian if we do indeed get playing again? I think in my world it'll be one of Tyler Ennis or Andreas Athanasiu. Uh, that would be my guess. Uh, I know you had James Neal up there. I, I yep. certainly think, like you, uh, that over the course of even a, as brief a series as a best of five, that we might see a number of different line combinations uh, and D pairings, for that matter. I, I also, you know, for that matter, you know, don't think it's a lock that even veteran players like James Neal or Alex Chason, I'm not sure that they're going to be in every game. I, I think you are onto something with the integration of Nygaard and Nygaard's inclusion lineup might mean that one of Neil or Chason takes a seat in, in uh, you know, in a postseason game, as unlikely as that might have seemed uh, in the first three months of the year. That's just the nature of Edmonton's lineup right now. The other dilemma you've got to solve is, does Gaetan Haas give you that much more at five-on-five five that you consider him in the lineup as opposed to Jajar Kara? Who was one of the key art architects on a on a penalty killing unit that ranks second in the league, and and whom Dave Tippett clearly likes being in the lineup. But I also get the sense that as the season has wore on, he started to like Gaetan Haas and what he brings a lot more. So uh, it is a really fascinating conundrum when you look at these two teams, Bob. And as much as everyone wants to, you know, focus in on McDavid and Drysaddle versus Taves and Kane, I think where Edmonton has an overwhelming advantage in this year and it goes all the way down to the goaltenders is just depth at every position as opposed to what Chicago can roll out. And I know that, uh, you know, Kirby Doc and Dylan Strom have had their moments in the NHL and they might be better players two or three years from now. That again, they might not. But I think that's a, a situation where potentially a Shea and Archibald and, uh, and Nygaard line could have a field day. I mean, they could have a they could have a game where they win it. It might not be the top players that decide this series. It might be the depth. And if it is, then that's all Edmonton all day. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, I put Kier in the middle. I don't know if you heard the show yesterday. I mentioned that my rationale there, yes, for penalty killing, but also 
by having Athanasiu and Chase on on the wings on that line, there would be an opportunity to slide either McDavid, Drysaddle, or Nugent Hopkins once a period in there and have a little bit different look as a result. And that way you had care as a backup on the PK. Um, Jack, I got to tell you, I think we know who the top two pairings are going to be. We know it's going to be Clefbaum and Larson and Nurse and Bear. I think Chris Russell's going to be in the lineup. What about you? I'm not sure about that. I I like Caleb Jones a ton. Um, I know I know Dave Tippett uh, likes his veterans, but he also is not afraid to play guys like Jones and Bear if they earn the time. He's not a, he's not an old school coach to the point where all he's going to do is fall back on his veterans come playoff time. I think Caleb Jones may very well get the nod. Uh, to start the series. I mean, Chris Russell will not have played a game for an extra whatever it was, month and a half. Uh, I think Chris Russell is an ideal guy, and quite frankly, so is Matt Bennett. I mean, you, again, this is back to the depth, Bob. Can you imagine if maybe Mike Green isn't ready or or maybe right. Caleb Jones does you know, get, get a little bit exposed in the postseason? If those two players aren't up to it, Boy, it's, it's nice having a guy like Matt Benning, who was, of course, uh, a fixture in the 2017 lineup, and, and a guy like Chris Russell, who, who's been a fixture and, and, and played you know big minutes on, on good teams uh, in a number of different spots for a number of different veteran head coaches over the course of his career. So, again, that's where Edmonton's depth shines through. But the short answer is I think Caleb Jones might get the nod to start the series. Who starts in goal? I think Dave Tippett is going to go with Mike Smith, which, of course, undercuts what I just said in terms of he's not necessarily going to rely on his veterans. But I think there's enough history there. And Mike Smith did not play poorly this year. I think I think, uh, you know, both goaltenders have have acquitted themselves quite nicely. I I like your point yesterday uh, on the show. I believe you made it where you said there's a very good chance both goaltenders are going to play in this series, especially considering the time constraints of this best-of-five series. It would not surprise me if there is a back-to-back scenario. I think both goalies are going to play. But if you're pinning me down to see who starts game one, I'm going to go Mike Smith. All right, Jack. uh, We got Steve Smith coming up. to on our uh, Oilers Champion Series, the four of the five Oilers Championships, the anniversaries between May 24th and May 31st. Uh, you got a chance to work with Steve, real good coach now, interesting guy, isn't he? Absolutely, and a pretty good, uh, as you'll recall, pretty good touch football player in his own right. A really nice guy, and and uh, Bob, I know both you and I have been caught off guard a little bit, you know, as we make our way into a rink somewhere, and uh, you know, Steve Smith is occupied with other players on the ice or whatever. Yeah. He is always unfailingly, you know, called out to us to say hello. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And and you make a real good point in terms of, uh, you know, how he bounced back in 87 and also the leadership uh, that was so, you know, blatantly obvious throughout his reign as an oiler. And that was Wayne Gretzky handing the cup to him. Uh, Steve Smith had one heck of a career. And uh, along with Kevin Lowe are, are two of those defensemen that are, that are sometimes uh, lost in the avalanche of points that Paul Coffey put up during his time as an Edmonton oiler. But one of my favorite people people in the game and i know you concur yeah absolutely jack have a great weekend we'll touch base next week cheers pal take care
You bet that's Jack Michaels, a play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers. We will tell you that with the retail world starting to reopen, your friends at Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin are hard at work. They've repriced the entire inventory to make things easier to go out and get a new Ford. Get up to 18000 off remaining 2019 F-350s. Hurry, there's only five left. Mustangs, Escapes, Explorers, and even Rangers on sale right now. Go down and see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Red. Ford at one eight seven seven four seven seven thirty six seventy three or visit Brentridge.com. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Carrie McCarthy, Steve Smith on our Oilers Champion Series when we come back. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, six thirty Chad.